Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on a wacky Wednesday on The Fan. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We'll head out on the fast break with AWOD, talking all things NBA with the trade rumors ahead of the trade deadline, a couple big wins last night, and, of course, the Bucks looking to hire... Doc Rivers to become their next head coach. Stub, if I asked you, all right, according to doctors, New York Post posted a study, you should weigh yourself at what time of the day, what would you say? According to doctors, ports came out, what time of day should you weigh yourself? I know that it changes throughout the day, and I'm trying to remember if morning is when you weigh more or if morning is when you weigh less. Mm. Also, I don't know what they would want you to check. Like, I don't know what... The preference is I don't weigh myself, maybe maybe like unless I'm home for fun. Yeah. But I would guess the morning. Guess the morning? I would guess the morning. I will give you that answer at 1245 on the non-sports segment of the day. But right now, we're bringing Michael Phillips on the air for a little crosstalk with AWOD. What's going on, MP? Best time is right after you take a dump, Bobby. Everybody, <laughs> everybody knows that. Fantastic point. <laughs> All right, let's do a little crosstalk here with MP from MP on the mic. If I could just have your attention. It's Crosstalk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on the fan. It's like that 190s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Crosstalk, but it sounds like Crosstalk. It's Crosstalk on the fan. Oh, Face Off (laughs) with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Crosstalk. Michael, just before halftime, VCU was like that 90s movie. Oh, yeah, Space Jam with Joe Bamisil turning into Michael Jordan. <laughs> what a great play in the presence of mind. Uh, who was the middle guy in that? Kind of knew exactly how much time he had. Got a dribble in the pass. Bam got the shot off in time. Uh, great, great defense, obviously, make that happen on the other end. The whole thing, just the timing of that was so perfect. So often you see, like, it's five seconds left. Oh, my gosh, i got to throw up a shot. And then it, like, falls with four and a half seconds left. He, he hit that at just the right time, swished, everybody loses their mind going into halftime, just what they needed. Yeah, no, it, it was really awesome. Uh, it was a great moment. Kwani Kwani with the steal. My, my favorite thing about that was the defender cr- comes to steal it, and Joe smoothly dribbles behind the back as his first dribble. Like, that, as a basketball player myself, like, that is so tough to have your first dribble be behind the back and still square your feet and get off the shot. And I knew as soon as he shot it, it went in. And then they ran to the monitors and kind of watched it for a few minutes there. But I could just see from my angle. He got he released it probably with less than point one left on the clock. I love that love that review that doesn't interrupt the game too. You yeah. know, they just you know, they spend as much time watching T V as they want during halftime. Kept kept the flow of the game going. Uh, great Great shot, and uh, yeah, I'm not a basketball player, but I was impressed. I guess that's, that's why he's doing it, and we're talking about it. Yeah, no, it was incredible, and a big win for VCU. Continues the momentum, now four wins in a row. A huge win in the conference to get the team to 4-2, and two, just sitting right behind Loyola Chicago. They're 5-2 and two, uh, in an A-10 play, but obviously now we hold the tiebreaker over them. And I, I just think... That was such a big win in conference play because, man, we can talk about it now. If you lose that game, you fall to about 10th place in the A-10. It, every game's going to be like that this year. I saw some chart with you know percentages of getting the buy and the double buy, and basically the computer couldn't figure it out, and I can't mm-hmm. figure out the A-10 either, so I don't blame the computer. Uh, the only team I'm afraid of 
is Dayton. That said, Ooh. the number of teams that could beat this team on a given night, seven, eight, nine, ten of them, uh, it's a deep conference. There's some good teams. Yeah, you know, it's it's just all about them having the focus. I, I think a lot of Ram Nation would agree that in the losses this year, you know, it was a lo- um, lack of concentration, a couple bad turnovers, a couple defensive breakdowns, but I think that game against St. Louis, they had a perfect game plan from start to finish. And then last night, not perfect, but they, they out-hustled Loyola Chicago in the second half. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, what we've seen is you know, the, they got the offense rolling at the cost of the defense, and now they're bringing the deep, folding it back in. Uh, some great minutes from Michael Bell last night, who's now also contributing offensively, which is yeah. holding him off the court when he was playing great defense. Uh, that balance, we're getting closer to that balance, and that's just so important. You can't only be good on one end of the court. you got to be able to make it happen on both ends. Even, I mean, first four minutes of the game was, what, 2-2 two to two at that first media timeout? Yeah. When the offense wasn't working, the defense is finding a way to grind and get stops. That's so important. And, Michael, my favorite thing about watching that VCU game with you last night was your newfound love for the Bear. Yes, Chef. Thank you, Chef. You're now a Sean Bearstow guy. Sean Bearstow, I mean, you know, you can play one through four. Uh, he, he's versatile. He's the human mismatch. I know you said that. I love it. Um, I'm seeing why they stuck with him when, when things were not going as well as they were. And uh, same with uh, Kwani Kwani, right? They stuck with yeah. him through his shooting woes, and now it's paying off. So uh, tip of the hat to Ryan Odom. Uh, you know, I, I think there's still, uh, still things to clean up there, but on the whole, uh, pressing the right button. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is two straight wins without one of our leaders and captains, Zeb Jackson. But I wanted to give Zeb a shout out because I thought he led from the bench, right? You can't lead by example if you're not playing, but I thought he led from the bench. I could see like every media timeout, every huddle, he was firing his team up. Uh, At one point, he was yelling at the refs about the calls. You know, he was locked in from the bench. You know, sometimes you get to the end of the season, find out they all hated each other all year. (laughs) Obviously if that happens this year. I get the sense they really do like each other. They're, they're going through some stuff, and uh, there aren't enough minutes to make everybody happy, and I, I, you know, everybody's going to make their own individual decisions about that, but I do get the sense as players they like each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a good vibe in the locker room. You got the mixture of the international guys. You've got the Richmond flavor. You got the holdovers from the Rhodes era that have been to the mountaintops. They've won a championship, and it's all coming together. I'm, I'm doing a little box score breakdown right now, Michael, and I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me is bench points, 31 bench points. Now, obviously, 25 of that is Joe Bamisil, but to, to have a guy like that off your bench that can put up 20-plus, it's just, it's just such a weapon. You know, I Joe Bamisil's going to have games where he puts up 20, and he's going to have games where he puts up uh, two. Uh, but but you got to ride with him because that that shooting touch is is very rare to see. We've talked about it. I, I love the way he kind of kicks out, tries to draw a little extra contact as he shoots. Uh, tough to find a guy like that and a, an infectious personality too. Great you know great post game interview on the fan with Robbie and Rodney. We played a little bit of that in the ten o'clock hour. I, I know you enjoyed that as well. Absolutely, and you gave a shout out to Michael Bell. I mean, 13 minutes, he continues to see double-digit minutes because of the impact that he makes on the defensive end. And he got to the free-throw line, 3-4 of four from the free-throw line. But how about Christian Furman from the free-throw line? 4-4. Four four. His shot is just so smooth. He finished the game with 8 points, 9 rebounds, and um, just really solid post-play down low. 
another guy who's always smiling, right? Love to see him out there getting some good minutes. Um, look, this team doesn't have that true big who can hold their own with some of this conference's biggest guys. They're going to have to do it by committee. They're going to have to do it by grinding. Uh, what did, did Firm have four fouls? Uh, was, was that his final number? I mean, like, yeah. it's not going to come easy for these guys inside. Uh, they're they're going to have to fight for every inch. But uh, there, there's enough fou- there were enough fouls to give last night. I know Toby fouled out, but I, I thought he got you know he, he got his minutes in and he got got his got his uh, you know grinding in before that happened there in, in the paint. That's what it's going to take to beat some of these teams that have you know true fives who can score. Yep, great stuff, Michael. Next up for the Rams, they travel to Davidson for an 8 p.m. tip-off that's Saturday night. I will be doing the pregame and halftime show from Rams House. So, Ram Nation, stop on by Rams House this Saturday. Pregame coverage starts at 7.15. Michael, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Good times. Yep, that's MP on the mic. Check him out on Twitter at Michael P in RVA. I'm at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And Mel Kuyper's latest NFL mock draft. You know he likes to mock it up all offseason. He has the commanders at number two overall selecting quarterback Jaden Daniels out of LSU, your Heisman Trophy winner. You guys already know my take. I want Caleb Williams. Uh, Not really that high on Drake May, mostly just because he's a UNC quarterback. This is not the NBA. He's not Michael Jordan. UNC hasn't done a great job producing quarterbacks in the past. So we'll discuss that and take your phone calls, 833-804-0910, at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. Big win for the Hokies men's basketball team last night. We'll talk Hokies athletics on the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth, play-by-play voice of Hokies football. That's coming up at 1.30. But we teased it earlier in the show. A new study came out from the New York Post. Here's how. Here's why doctors sh- say you should weigh yourself at a certain time of the day. Stubb, your guess was? It was the morning because I, I know at, there is a time of day. It is either at the end or the beginning where you weigh less. So I'm going to go with morning. That was my guess. I was like, well, this is obvious, right, when you wake up. And it is pretty obvious of an answer. I mean, look, three weeks into 2024, what's everyone talking about? Weight loss. Oh, did you meet your New Year's resolution? Nobody talks about New Year's resolutions like February 1st, right? But we're still at the point now where, you know, I'm trying to eat healthier. I'm trying to eat more greens. Of course, a lot of people are, oh, I want to work out more. You know, everyone's doing dry January. I have a whole rant. I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but I hate dry January. If you're doing dry January... I'm sorry, but it feels like you're telling the um, the American public that you were an alcohol in 20 an alcoholic <laughs> in 2023. Like, what are you doing? You did you're a gonna, little too much in yeah. December. Really? Did you really? You were sure about that? You went sure that hard that? in 2023 that you can't drink alcohol for a whole month? And my friends that are doing Dry January are so lame. They're they're buying uh, non-alcoholic Heinekens. And they're like, oh, yeah, we can't go out to the bar, but we can all stay and, you know, have a sausage party at our house. And Are they, like, recovering? Like, no. Is that their mindset? That's the whole thing. Is or is that, it just a trend? It's just, it's a trend. Everyone in their 30, you know, Valdez is doing it on the sports junkies. I lost a lot of respect for Valdez. <laughs> Makes me feel like he was a fat ass chugging beer all night, every night last year. Dry January sucks. This hasn't been a big topic in my circles. I'll oh, really? Say. In the younger circles, the younger no circles one's are, really yeah, talking about it. Yeah, if you look it up. 
that's the hottest thing to do in your 30s. Between the All age right. of 30 and 39 is dry January. You know what I'm doing? I'm wetting it up. Uh, we <laughs> um, sure did we yesterday. <laughs> we were drinking last night at curbside. So, all right. So, according to the study, all right, the doctor says weight can fluctuate during the day. So, it's good to pick the same time each day to weigh yourself. They say when you wake up in the morning, you're dehydrated because you haven't been drinking during the night. And then you go to the bathroom, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a bowel movement, you could lose another pound or a quarter pound from that. So, that is when you're at your lowest weight. When do you get up, use the restroom, but before you eat breakfast. That's when you that should weigh sense. yourself. And but I, you're I, also kind of cheating the system because then you eat breakfast, you're probably up another two pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's consistency, though. Yeah. Like, I guess if you always do it at night, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. And also, I don't wake up dehydrated. I wake really? Up, I wake up three times in the night, down some water. <laughs> See, my go thing back is, to bed. I, <laughs> I, I wake up, and the first thing I have to do is go to use the restroom. Yeah, I, I use one, the, or, one or two. I wake up once or twice. Yeah. Like in the middle of the night, uh-huh. not in the morning. Use but the in restroom. the morning when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Restroom. Yeah. yeah. Or, or TikTok. Maybe. Really? Like I need, I need to like. Wake wow. Up. I, I don't want to get out of bed yet. So you're gonna I just, get on TikTok. I need to like. You know what? Hang I, out for. A I second. do that with Twitter a yeah, lot of it's times. Same, yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, you know what? I also, I'm trying to cut this year. It is a, a bit of a New Year's resolution. Is I'm on my phone a lot right before that, right before bed. And I know yeah, that's I mean, terrible yeah, that's for a, you. I've read all these stories, you know, reports about the blue light in your phone, and uh, that's why they sell blue light glasses why? now. These are. Those are blue I'm, light I'm, glasses. They're blue light. Yeah. Yeah. You're so proud to be a nerd. I love it. I just, <laughs> Nerds are hot this year. Yeah. And, and I can. And my eyes aren't burning. Yeah. The, the other thing is they say you can't sleep if you're on your phone. I fall asleep just fine. Yeah. I'll, I'm gonna watch an hour of TikTok before bed every night. I don't <laughs> care. Hey, so you had a tipping story that you wanted to get. I to did. Her. I did. I DoorDash. Talk about yeah. it every now and then. It's yeah. something I do. Uh, Zach called it my wham. My walk around money. I like that. I you like know, that. It's just, wham, wham, wham. Yeah, you know, I, I go out. I, I do like an hour and a half. That's my, you know, drinking money for the week, and and I and I do the deliveries. And a lot of it is tip based. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, most. I'd say I make more money off tips than DoorDash pays me. So when I go to a Buffalo Wild Wings, not to pick up a delivery, but to deliver Chinese food okay. to a waitress, uh-huh. actively waiting, and she doesn't give me a tip. Zero tip. Zero tip. That's frustrating. That's where you're getting your money. Yeah. Where where solidarity? Hello? Like what? what so, you're so, above hold on. tipping. So back up for a second. So you get a notification, "Hey, you need to pick up Chinese food." Yes. You go pick it up. I go pick it up. You see on the app it says delivery is Buffalo Wild Wings. No, it, it it's just it's just an address. Just like, an address. It, it just, and then so you're I go. Thinking, oh, I'm dropping off Chinese food for yeah. like a family or something. Yeah, I knew it was in Westchester Commons. Yeah, but there's apartments there. I did yeah. some delivery. I usually, if I'm in Midlow, it's mostly Westchester Commons stuff. And then I look at the pin on the map. And I go, that's B Dubs. Yeah, which isn't unheard of. I've delivered to people really, actively working before. Because that's the odd part to me is that if you're working at B Dubs, you'd assume that you're getting free wings and stuff like that. Well, yeah, but I I, I guess you don't want that every night. True. You know, if, but Chinese is kind of weird because if I eat Chinese food, I'm not walking around serving tables. It's an odd I, you know, choice. It was home. an odd choice. But I, I have, I'd say like 10 percent of my deliveries are to people that are actively working at a different that business. That's so odd. To yeah, me. I, I don't know. I guess it's your lunch break. Yeah, or like you only you really only have five like, minutes. You know, can we just talk about how much something? of a life leak that is? These people are hard at work and probably not making much. Fifteen dollars an hour. They're making money off of tips, right? Yes. And so they're going to take a lunch break. And instead of going to a spot around the corner, like a 7-Eleven something, they're going on an app, paying a delivery fee, 
and a processing fee and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they're not even tipping because they realize they blew all their money. It. Yeah. And look, look. Those, That's a life leak. Those fees that you're paying when you DoorDash, those are not going to me. No, they're not. <laughs> I, I promise not. you that much. They're not. If you think it's ridiculous that you're paying so much, yeah. oh, the driver doesn't deserve more of a tip, the driver's not getting that money. Right. Well, I will tell you, though, I am, I'm only tipping like $2.50 That's cents at the most. Fine. That's fine with I, you? I will, uh, if someone tips me two fifty, I go, okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll move on. Okay. That's that's not. I'm not going to get heated about that. Right. Especially but like the zero is what got you. The zero is what gets me every time. Yeah. If you even tip me a dollar, I'll go. Eh. Right. Like it. It's it's it seems like you're taking a stance. Right. If you're not. Tipping I will me. say though, tipping right now in this country is, it's gone overboard. Oh. It is an issue, and the biggest issue is. The iPad turners. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. I can't no, stand I, them. I, All you did is press one button. I you know? I agree. You got me a coffee. I agree. So big I whoop. Agree. I didn't ask for cream or sugar. And, and if you're in, look, you can, if you want to take a stance against tipping, don't take it out on your delivery drivers and waiters. Right. Right, because take it out on the people that turn the iPad. The iPad turners. It is so tilted. The iPad turners are making enough, like they're making hourly. Yeah, and if you heard the, like the, iPad is on a system, it turns automatically. They don't even turn it for I've you. Seen some of it those. just like automatically twists yeah. right to your face and they're like, oh, now you need a tip. And the options are 20%, 25%, or 30%. How about <laughs> a, a 5% because all you did was press a button. Yeah, you did nothing. I, like when I like only like when I am doing pickup at Ariana's, yeah. I'll slide them a dollar. They're a mom and pop. I like them. Okay. I'll give them a dollar. Yeah. But it, if I'm at a Chipotle. Yeah, and right. you and and it, and I went down the line. I don't even know who that tip's going to. Is right. it going to the cashier? Is it going to the person that made my bowl? Yeah. Or is, it might just be going to the store. Yeah, well, I don't know, know. You know what tilted me yesterday? We talked about it. Free Chick Fil A for anybody mm -hmm. in Richmond. Use the app. Yeah, we both. Right, we're just giving out free promos for Chick Fil A. We both did that. All right, we both did it. You download the app. It's easy, and I think it it lasts the next four days, so like people can still do it. Um, but what tilted me is. I walk in, all right, because the the line for drive through mm -hmm. was insane. Okay, it was empty. People for were me. all right. People were probably doing the free thing, but I walk in and there's no line. These two people, employees, all right. Thank you very much. Appreciate your service. They clock out and then immediately get in line right before me. <laughs> I pulled out the app and they got their free sandwich. And so I had to wait an extra ten minutes. For two employees, it drove me crazy. It blows my mind that like they don't already have a free I sandwich. Know. Are we not taking care of employees anymore in I this country? Know. Is that what it is? I don't know. I, I'm 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 happy here. Yeah. I got a backpack. You got you got, I got free, free VCU backpack. tickets. I, yeah, I got free VCU tickets. I'm yeah. I'm very pleased. You want squirrels tickets? I'm your guy. You no, know I want squirrels tickets. All right. You want to go back to Blacksburg for a Hokies game? I'm your guy. But the people of the DoorDash, yeah, they don't always got me. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm tilted by this. You said it was a girl or it was a guy? It was a girl. I'm tilted by this girl that works at Buffalo Wild Wings and then got Chinese food and then didn't tip. Oh, I'm like tilted. I just I almost feel like she lost money on that on that whole transaction because <laughs> she took an extended lunch break, isn't getting tips, and then didn't tip you. I, I don't I don't know. It, it was pretty and then she's probably it, giving everyone bad service because she's farting out lo mein. No, this was at like five. This was like right before like six. Yeah. So it wasn't a crowded B dubs. She might not even been taking break. Maybe just had it in the back with snacking on it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Did you go through her order? Like what? What did she get? No, egg rolls? I don't know. You don't that know. That I what don't they have got. a tip until. I've finished the delivery. Oh. So I've walk, I'm walking out the door. Oh. I'm looking at my phone. Actually, no I actually like that because if you knew earlier, I think you, 
you know, you might spit in their food or yeah. You know, do I think that crazy. there are there are people that drive that might get a little. <laughs> Take take advantage of knowing ahead of time. Yeah, and that's why you were so right when you said it last time we talked about this. The companies that steal seal it with a sticker are the yes, places to that's order what you from. should do. That's, yeah. what, you that's should what you should do. do. I, I because Stubbs got some grubby, stubby fingers. No, I, and he's going to put them <laughs> in your bag, and he's going to take your French fries. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to take your French fries. No, but he's going to take your coke. I'm think about it. He's going to take your I'm Pepsi. Think about it. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Just after 1 p.m. here on a Wednesday, January 24th. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Bill Roth will join us for the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. Then we'll head out on the fast break with AWOD talking all things NBA. We'll recap the VCU Basketball win against Loyola Chicago uh, coming up at 2.30. And then David Harrison covers the Commanders for Sports Illustrated and also the Locked On Commanders podcast will join us at 2 p.m. And, of course, there's a ton of excitement right now within the Commanders fan base, the Skins fan base, the Washington football team fan base. Why is that? Team just hired a GM, Adam Peters. Josh Harris has put together an advisory board that I call the Jedi Council to bring balance to the force and make Washington football great once again. That board is trying to find the next head coach. Adam Peters is going to have a big say in that. And so not only new GM, not only new coach, the team owns the number two pick in the upcoming NFL draft and are almost 100% certain to use it on a quarterback in our now three decades long search to find the next franchise quarterback in the nation's capital. The latest report suggests Jaden Daniels. What do you think about the quarterback out of LSU and the Heisman Trophy winner? 833 is the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the, the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. So not only does Washington have the number two overall selection, they've got a ton of high-end draft picks, five in the first 100 after trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young. All the hype seems to center around Caleb Williams. That's my guy, right? Local kid from the DMV. Then went to Oklahoma, teams up with Lincoln Riley, follows Lincoln Riley to USC, wins the Heisman Trophy, has another damn good season this year, though everyone's trying to bring him down since he got to the mountaintop, make him not the number one overall pick. I think he's obviously the number one overall pick. And USC didn't have a good defense, and he struggled this year. And he did struggle with things emotionally, right? I'm sure he wanted, just like everyone who plays college football, Wanted to make it to the college football playoffs. Wanted to become national champions at USC. They didn't get it done. There are people that got upset with him for the way he paints his fingernails. There are people that have gotten upset for him for the way that he runs around and scrambles and doesn't take the easy pass. I think everyone's tearing Caleb Williams down, but he's going to be a star. I've said it multiple times. I'm putting my career as an NFL evaluator on the line. If Caleb Williams is not a pro bowler within his first five years in the league, you won't hear me talking about quarterbacks anymore. Then there's Drake May, widely considered to be the second-best quarterback prospect from the rankings this year. Drake May out of UNC, ton of success this season. 
comparisons to Josh Allen, a big guy that has the arm strength to throw downfield, but also the athletic ability to run for first downs, run people over, jump over people. He's got one sick play in college where he was scrambling around, couldn't throw it with one hand, so he moved it to his opposite hand, throwing hand, and still completed the pass for the first down. Well, it's not Caleb Williams or Drake May that Mel Kuyper, draft analyst, has going number two to Washington. He has the Commanders locking in Jaden Daniels at number two overall. And, of course, Jaden Daniels, phenomenal final season at LSU. Wins the Heisman Trophy. Shows all the dual threat traits, right, associated with modern-day NFL quarterback. The ability to throw the deep ball like C.J. Stroud. A lot of Lamar Jackson in him, too, dancing around in the backfield. That's going to be something to monitor, right? Anytime you hear Lamar Jackson's comparisons after the season that he has, almost going to almost guarantee to be a second-time MVP, there's going to be a lot of interest. The problem for me with Jaden Daniels is it was just the phenomenal final season at LSU. And I don't know that he's the guy. Now, here's I, I'm going to say this right now. I'm very confident in Adam Peters, Josh Harris, and the advisory board. If they believe Jaden Daniels is the guy, I'm not going to question it. I believe Caleb Williams is a much better quarterback. I've read the reports that Drake May seems to be the number two ranking from all the experts, not named Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN. But I'm not going to be upset if Jaden Daniels is the guy because I'm trusting the process. And it's hard to say because every... Fan of this team wants to have an opinion. Everyone wants to feel like, hey, I knew that we were going to get this guy, and I knew he was the guy. But I'm trusting the process. I believe in Josh Harris's ability to put smart people in the right places to make smart decisions. And if the guys that are smarter at drafting quarterbacks than me, like Jaden Daniels, I'm going to be fine with that. And I'm actually excited about a kid who has shown some Lamar Jackson-like ability. I want Caleb. I believe Caleb's the best prospect out of all the college quarterbacks in the past five years. I think you can't miss on Caleb Williams. I think he's, you know, Patrick Mahomes 2.0. He's like an Andrew Luck that's going to step in and immediately lead your your team to nine or ten wins. I'm a Caleb guy, but I'm also not against Jaden Daniels. The only guy that I don't love is Drake May, and that's just because we went through the Sam Howell experience here of a UNC quarterback. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Let's go to out to Midlothian, line one. Shannon, you're on the fan. Uh, hey, hey, Watt, how's it going, man? It's good, man. What's going on with you? Hey, man, uh, so so listen, man, I think Caleb Williams is really the, the only QB that I would be willing to take that high. Yeah. If he's gone or if we can't work out a trade for him, I say Marvin Harrison Jr. and we try to get Justin Fields. Yeah, I understand what you're saying there, and I've, I've heard a lot of people – uh, that feel that way, and I'm one of them. Like, I think Caleb is the home run. Everyone else, it's a single or a double, and you're hoping that they become something. So if you trade back, I like Marvin Harrison Jr. Seems like he's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. Who's your quarterback next season? Yeah. Well, you got it. like I said, Justin Fields, man. Take a shot. I, I would rather go with him than take a chance on either of those rookies that I think are 50-50 at best. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying there. Uh, how have you felt about the way Adam Peters has, has taken over as the GM and Josh Harris putting together this advisory board? Are you excited? 
Oh, man, it's fantastic. I mean, I've been a, a Washington fan for 30 years, had season tickets for about 15 years, and, you know, I was there in 2013 when the bottom fell out. Yeah. And to see things turn around, man, I can't wait to see what it looks like. It just feels like, for once, we finally have, you know, a competent GM, a competent owner, and I, I don't know how they could screw this up, right? I, I'm really excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Thank you, man. Yep, take care. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Stubb, where do you weigh in on this? Have you picked a quarterback that you're going to champion for next year? Honestly, I've been thinking about it. I'm on the Kirk Cousins train. Really? I think it would be really funny. Kirk 2.0 Kirk train. Kirk 2.0 train. I, I get trade back because we have a lot of holes we need to fill. Trade yeah. back, get a lot of really good O-line, receivers, defensive people, and just take a quarterback that we know can do good in the league. I think there could be more people that jump on the Kirk 2.0 bandwagon, but not if Ben Johnson's the head coach, right? If they go with, if they somehow got Harbaugh, right? Mm -hmm. Or Belichick or a Dan Quinn, right? A veteran coach, then maybe, hey, it's win now. Let's get Kirk. Let's do it, right? Yeah. Let's pay him. Let's win. The problem is, I think if you get a Ben Johnson, a Bobby Slowick, one of these young, hot commodity offensive minds, they're going to want to shape their own quarterback. Kirk Cousins, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's you know, right. He's going to come out there and dominate in garbage time, but is he going to be good on Thursday night football? He's probably not going to be good on prime time. He's then never would, been good on prime time. I would time. say then to, to what Shannon said, Justin Fields is still yeah. a quarterback that could be molded. Yeah. I like that pick too. I you know, The thing about Justin Fields is I I just don't know what his ceiling is. right? Like yeah. he's, he's I don't know if he's ever going to develop as a passer. To be like a just uh, Jalen Hurts level guy, right? He's going to always be, I think, like a Lamar light where for him to have a good game, you need him to run for 50 or 60 yards. And that, with that happening, then you're dealing with the, the chance of an injury. Uh, yeah. But I do like Justin Fields more than... And Drake made Drayton Daniels. So yeah, it's just it's just a known quantity right. more than more than. So I, I like the idea of not taking a rookie if it's not Caleb Williams. Yeah, but I mean, look, Chicago's not just going to give up Justin Fields for free, and if they're yeah. bringing back <laughs> Matt Eberflus, which that's all the reports is is happening, then I think he's going to hold on to Justin Fields, and I expect them to trade with the Patriots. That that is my my prediction. All right, my prediction is because Gerard Mayo keeps saying. Without saying it, he keeps saying we're going to draft the most important position in football. He's not saying they're going to draft a quarterback, but, he, <laughs> but if you read behind yeah. between the lines, there's no other position they're going to take. No one else called. Not that. in the first yeah. round. If you want to chime in, it's eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio nine ten. The fan now at one zero five one FM. Phone lines are open eight three three eight zero four. 0910-833-804-0910. And we're always available around the country on the go with the free Odyssey app. And uh, a lot of my friends have been supporting the show. Um, I, I really appreciate it and spread the word. You know, uh, they were talking on the group chat today about how we were telling everyone that you could get free Chick-fil-A. Uh-huh, right? Yeah. So we're doing a public service Of thing, course. That's right? what we do And uh, we love that. So people could check out the podcast, spread the word, at AWOD Radio on Spotify, iTunes, or the free Odyssey app. And I did want to give a shout-out to Moneyline Mike. We talk about him every once in a while. He's my buddy from my apartment complex. He is a degenerate gambler. I mean, guy, he doesn't find a line that he doesn't like, okay. right? And he'll bet on you know sports that are going on while we sleep. You know, he doesn't care. He'll bet on you know, college, a... <laughs> pro, whatever, chess. He doesn't care. He's just such a degenerate gambler. 
But now he's single. Degenerate, single. A single Mike is a different animal. He's Uh, trying to go out every (laughs) night. You know, he's placing crazy 10-leg parlays to win thousands of dollars, right? So he can then go to the strip club and blow that money. Single Mike is an animal. All right, Mike. But he's trying to support the show. He's on Hinge now, all Uh right? And he just sent me a screenshot. He's telling girls to call in 833-804-0910. He said, quote, she's cute. I'll date her after we see what she knows about the skins. <laughs> so if we get any random female callers, we can thank Moneyline Mike for giving out the number, 833-804-0910. It's the thank funniest Mike. screenshot. It says, hey, Mike, how are you doing? And he goes, call me, 833-804-0910. <laughs> My eyes are on the phone Let's line. see what she knows about the skins before I take her out. To a date, and then see if we can hit the skins. <laughs> All right, joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for Commander's Corner. Can I hear that theme song, Stub? It is David Harrison. What's going on, David? Hey, what's up, man? How you been? Uh, I'm doing pretty good here. So uh, let's get right into it. Ben Johnson, if he is the next Commander's head coach, how will you feel about that? Do you think he's the right guy for the job? I mean, I certainly think he could be the right guy for the job. I think when you when you watch the Detroit Lions offense, you can't help but just kind of just be really impressed with some of the things that he does and the ways that he kind of accentuates the talents of the players that he has on the roster. And obviously, you start with the quarterback, Jared Goff. And, you know, he's a guy who, when he was traded from Los Angeles to Detroit, it was by and large kind of considered just kind of a throwaway piece of that. Like, of course, if you're going to trade for Matt Stafford, you can't keep Goff on the roster. So you got to ship him to Detroit. And, and, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of speculation then on, who the next quarterback of the Lions would be, whether or not they would draft one that year or the next year, uh, and all these things. And really, Ben Johnson has been part of the process to, to make Jared Goff, or at least facilitate Jared Goff, becoming uh, this, this, this newfound leader of a team that is not only leading his offense to the NFC Championship game, but you know, inside Ford Field is hearing his name chanted at the top of their lungs. It's, it's quite an amazing turnaround. Not that Jared Goff has suddenly become you know, Tom Brady or anything like that, but it, it's a testament to what they've been able to do uh, schematically in a league that really highlights the athleticism of the quarterback position to have one who's not as athletic as, as most of these guys, but also be able to succeed against some of the top defenses in the NFL, especially one as aggressive as Todd Bowles uh, in Tampa Bay is last weekend. Uh, it just shows that he, he has the football IQ to do it, but also you watch the way those players rally around Ben Johnson, uh, how much praise they have for him, they have for him, how much they love playing for him, and how much he, they say he works with them Whereas some some coaches decide that if you work for me, do what I tell you to do versus, you know, let's let's make this a team effort and get to the mountaintop together. Yeah, I I mean, we've just heard such good things about Ben Johnson and and the way the Lions are playing uh, has me really intrigued. I think you're right about Jared Goff. That, That feels like the number one reason why he could be the right head coach for the job. He's kind of revitalized his career. You could point to Sam Laporta, Monroe St. Brown, you know, the dual running backs that they have or they can run to or throw to out of the backfield. The offense has been just so impressive. But hiring a head coach is just the start. I could ar- I think you could argue that if Mike Shanahan got a right defensive coordinator, he might still be here. Jay Gruden had the offense humming but never got it right with the defensive coordinator. So Adam Peters hires Ben Johnson. They're going to make need to make sure they hit at the D.C. hiring also. Who would you like to be the defensive coordinator? You know, that's, that's actually a topic I haven't gotten too deep into yet because I'm so focused on the head coach. But I think at the end of the day, what you need on defense, and, and we've, we've had this conversation before on, on your show, 
you need a defensive coordinator that's going to come out here and attack offenses like they're an offense themselves. And what I mean by that is you want a defense that says, I'm going to make you do what I want you to do. Now, when you look at all the candidates out there who may or may not get head coaching opportunities and all those, you would love to bring a defensive coordinator who has experience already, but is kind of looking for that next step. Dan Quinn, I know he's a name that a lot of people don't love as a head coach, but I would love to see him uh, potentially move from Dallas to Washington. Now, with Mike McCarthy coming back, I think that's a lesser uh, opportunity. He's someone that if, if that coaching staff was replaced, I felt like Dan Quinn could be a, a dark horse candidate to become the defensive coordinator uh, in Washington, and that I would have been very happy with because I think Dan's defense in Dallas does that. They try to force you as an offense to do what they want you to do versus reacting to what you're going to do, uh, and that's just the personal style of defense that I like the most. But I think you also have to look in-house to Detroit Lions staff. Obviously, we know there's a large history. I would call them the Washington Commanders. And, you know, back in, in, in Tampa when Bruce Arians came in, there was a bunch of, of Arizona Cardinals that came in. When Lovey Smith comes to a place, there's former Chicago Bears that come in. So I think that when you look at who Ben Johnson has worked for, especially guys who may have been on that Detroit Lions staff prior to Dan Campbell arriving, because I think when you look at offensive line coach Hank Fraley and him being a favorite to be the offensive coordinator for Ben yeah. Johnson wherever he lands, that relationship that pre-exists Dan Campbell is a big part of that as well. Yeah, no, I've heard a lot about the offensive line coach uh, moving over to become our OC, and and I like that. And uh, you know, I've been saying with the defense coordinator position, I, I like Dan Quinn. I think the younger you go at head coach, the older you need to go uh, with more experience at the defense coordinator possession. Uh, I, I would even throw out Wink Martindale. I mean, he's kind of been the big yeah. bad wolf against the Commanders the last few years. Uh, just so good with his blitz schemes. Uh, but me and you had an interesting conversation uh, through DMs on Twitter about the balance of Ben Johnson's offense, mm -hmm. the ability to not just be back in shotgun, to be under center, to run and pass, and to have you know some deep threats and play action. Explain that to my audience a little bit. Yeah, so you know, we've, we've obviously seen this rise of shotgun usage in the National Football League, I think, and I think a lot of that comes from uh, quarterbacks in, in the collegiate game being so used to playing in the shotgun because so many collegiate schemes use shotgun almost primarily, uh, if, if not exclusively, to their schemes. And and some of that, you know, you have some shorter quarterbacks. You look at guys like Sam Howell, who are obviously shorter in stature, and, and putting them in shotgun ideally gives them a, a better, a wider angle view, right, of the defense in front of them and doesn't bog down uh, their ability to find throwing lanes over these six foot three, six foot four offensive linemen and all these things. And I myself, I'm 5'10, 5'11 on a good day. I stand, you know, next to Nick Gates in the locker room. I couldn't imagine trying to find anything looking over his head, you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things that has kind of become a necessity of the game. But at the same time, you know, just like anything in life, if you overdo it, you can hurt yourself. And I think that in some situations, some instances, the shotgun is being overused. And especially when you look at the play action game, you know, the idea behind play action traditionally is to get the defense to either hesitate a beat or, in best case scenario, you get them to collapse in on what they think is a run play, opening up passing lanes behind them, and you get uh, opportunities for big shots. Well, the reason the play actions are traditionally so 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 effective is because the defense doesn't know what's happening with the ball. Well, when you're in shotgun, they go when the quarterback hands the, tries to hand the ball off or go for that play action motion to the running back. The ball is never hidden. When you're coming out of center, you come out of uh, come out of the snap and your back is turned. And you know you see the best quarterbacks that have that play action ability. And what do they do? They they very bravely because you never know what's going to happen behind you, right? But they very bravely turn their complete backs. You have their their nameplate to the defense. And, you know, a Micah Parsons could be screaming down on top of your spine the next second. But that's what you do as a quarterback. You hide the ball. 
it makes the defense be uh, more more reactive to that play action, and you have to mix that up. You can't you can't just go solely out of play action or play action out of shotgun because defenses just have that ability. We've heard defenders talk about it before in interviews, talking about play action. When you play action out of shotgun, they'll tell you they have that extra beat. They don't have to react to the run because if you do hand the ball off, they're going to see it as soon as you let go of the ball, and you're four yards behind the line of scrimmage. They don't have to worry about being late as much as they do as if you're at the line of scrimmage under center. So just mixing that up and making sure that you do that. And Ben Johnson this season especially has been one of the offensive coordinators for the Detroit Lions that has really done a good job of mixing that up. And then the way he uses David Montgomery in a lot of those power run scenarios, Jameer Gibbs in a lot of those play-action screens or play-action dump-offs, and then also using his running ability has really forced defenses to play based on what Ben is showing them. And a lot of times what Ben is showing you is not what's actually happening. It's what he wants you to see so he sets up what's actually going on. Yeah, no, that's a great explanation right there. And the Lions, not the only team having success with hard play action. I mean, Flacco did that final few games of the season with the Cleveland Browns. You're so right. What, what, most, what I was most impressed about was Jared Goff's ability to look downfield but not be afraid to dump it off. And there was a play on maybe the final drive where they had like three or four guys going deep and Jameer Gibbs just, you know, play action, kind of sat there five yards deep and, and caught it and, and picked up the first down. Um, and so I, I thought it was a really good uh, game plan and scheme by Ben Johnson. David, thanks so much for the time, man. People should check out host of Locked On Commanders, but where can they read your work now? Oh, uh, yeah, commandercountry.com, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation. We're, we're still here. Doors are still open. <laughs> All right. I love that. That's David Harrison. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan.